hey, you're going like tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place. I'm going to pat it out. I'm going to carve it out. I'm going to shape it. And I'm going to mark it with an S for an SP, safe place. Roll it, pat it. And I'll put it on the ground for everybody, you know. And, you know, it's the area, safe place, safe place. And I'll even put a, you know, a non-silent P in front of it. You know, psychic safe place too. But I'm going to carve out a safe place. I'm going to send my voice. I'm going to send my intention across the deep dark night. What I'm going to try to do is distract you from whatever's been keeping you up at night. Whether it's thinking, feelings, physical sensations, whatever's got you tossing and turning, whatever's got you, you know, whatever it is that's preventing you from falling asleep, if there's any anything attached to it, I'm going to try to distract you from that, whether it's thoughts or, you know, running engines. I'm going to use long, soothing tones, uh, pointless meanders, plain drifting, uh, you know, with st- other stuff based, uh, like that. I don't even know what, I don't have a word for that. Miss, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Miss, I was going to say misspoken words, but it's not. And I was going to say trailing off something, but that trailed right off. Premature, premature, premature misspoke. There's something in there. You get what I'm saying, though. All, but all of it is is because instead of like whatever's going on for me, and and this doesn't have to be what goes on for you, uh, but hopefully the podcast works for you. Is you know for me, there's a lot of thinking going on, a lot of worrying and and planning and thinking about the past and to-do lists. And then I'll start, you know, just playing something out, you know, tomorrow I'm going to say this, and then they're going to say this back. I mean, I say, no, no, start again. Okay. Okay, let's still, no, let's start back at kindergarten. Okay, about the meeting tomorrow, what I'm going to say if they say that to me. And uh, there's a term for it. I think it might be a colloquial term it's called spinning your wheels. And I don't know if anybody played any adventure games in the late 80s, but that would be a term where you were the two ones where they were graphics and text, but you'd have to type in the text to try to solve the puzzles. And it would say, smell the, you'd say like, okay, maybe the, the, the clue is hidden in the flower. So you'd say, look at the flower and it'd say, you're spinning your wheels looking at that. It would just basically say, don't, you know, it's a waste, you're wasting your time. You know, and also if you think you're going to get any dates while you're playing graphical computer games, you're wasting your time. It's, it was, I wish the computer game would have told me that. Uh, and it's, it's also don't talk about this at school tomorrow about Space Quest 3. You know, the year the Volgans invaded or whatever it's called. You know, don't, don't it doesn't matter. Any grade above a second, you shouldn't be. And especially when you're in high, but I, okay, me and my friends did it. Who cares? It's fast now. Uh, but whatever it is, I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. The podcast is a bit like a bedtime story. Well, it is a bedtime story. Uh, tonight will be, I'll, I'll, I'll tell this, and I don't want to set this up tonight. It's about Breaking Bad and Metastasis, the Colombian remake of Breaking Bad. And I'll try to use Metastas news whenever I can. But it'll be like a sanitized version of of those two shows. I watch it three times. I watch the Colombian version once, and I take notes. No, no subtitles. I don't really speak Spanish. But I kind of say, well, geez, what was that? Because I haven't watched Breaking Bad in a couple of years. Then I'll watch the corresponding Breaking Bad episode, and I'll take notes on that. And I'll say, okay. And just by the way, it's, it's still... A second time through, just as good as the first time. Different. So I guess not just as good. It's still wonderful. Uh, then I'll watch uh, the Colombian version again with Spanish subtitles on, and I'll try to listen for some words and write some words down. Then I'll work. Then I'll try to interpret my handwriting. And I'll look those words up. Uh, so the first segment tonight will be based on just the Spanish words I looked up. It's just kind of a silly story based on the words I looked up. 
Then I'll go through my notes about a uh, Colombian version of Breaking Bad. And then I'll go through, and, and believe me, it'll, it'll be, by the time we get to anything, it, it'll be, it, 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 trust me, I'll be, it'll, I'm going to lull the hell out of this. Don't worry. Uh, we've done like 42 episodes or something, so I got, I got it down. Uh, you wouldn't believe it, and I'm still, I'm still enjoying it. So, so that'll be tonight. And, and the whole thing is, it's a little bit lighthearted, a little bit strange. Uh, it's the best way. It, the best. Um, I guess I'm really at my best. And you'd say, and you might have a chuckle at that, and it's it's, it's chuckle worthy for sure. And I guess like if I said, Jesus, this is how things work out for me telling lulling, soothing tales. It'd be wonderful. But I say, no wonder, you know, I had so much trouble in school. And they said, you know, they couldn't have predicted that there would be this. Uh, they said, you're not a square peg or a round peg. And I said, am I the octagon peg for the? And they said, nope. And they said, you may be pegless or unpeggable. And it turns out they were right, you know, or it was just like an obscure peg. You're a peg that will one day, uh, you know, take your, enhance your boredom and your ability to kind of spend too much time in your imagination. And you'll find your way. Of course, they couldn't do that. When I, you know, when I go back in time in a non-lulling, soothing way to deal with those situations, you know, then, you know, I'll be throwing money. I mean, there's no money yet, but, you know, you know, I'll roll up in a limo, you know, the boar, the boar limo, you know, I don't know what you'd call, well, I'd call my, you know, limo, my time traveling limo paid for by my boar billions. And I'll be rolling through my high school and it's all nuns. So, you know, I'll be, you know, uh, believe me, there'll be uh, stacks, fat stacks getting thrown around. And nuns will get playfully tapped with the, the fat sacks of cash. It probably won't go well, actually, now I'm thinking about it. So maybe I should rethink that. But that's the podcast. Uh, it's a guy who, who who's finding his way. And the best way I know how is just tell lulling, soothing tales. Take my time getting there in order to take your mind off. So this is a strange show. If this is your first few times here, uh, yeah, I'm serious, but I'm not too serious. So this is that's where the show might fit in for you. If you take your bedtime stuff serious, like you need a serious meditative thing, where you go to a journey to a log cabin in the woods, or you know where you do anything like that, I can't. I can't be. Serious. You know, I can take myself. I can, there'll be occasional serious moments, but I, this isn't a serious podcast. It's not a sensible podcast. Yes, I can barely, you know, my pronunciation and my, you know, I'm not a wordsmith. Uh, they don't even use this word, but I'm a bit of a word slob. You know, I guess that that's exactly what I am, too. I'm, I'm sloppy with my, I'm a word slob. Or, as, you know, if, if in Oxford English you would say, well, you're a slovenly user of words. And I would say, well, excuse me, you know. And I say, yeah, I guess I like to sound as slovenly word slob. How about that, Oxford? Just got a thumbs up from an imaginary Oxford dictionary. How about that? Well, it's all, you know, to put a little lighthearted stuff in a bedtime, deflate all that anxiety or angst or whatever it is, and say, hey, just listen to this guy. You don't have to listen to me hard. You don't have to listen to me tight. You don't have to pay me any mind. You can let me roll in the background or you can tune in. I'll try to uh, uh, keep it. I'll try to keep it as cohesive and as moderately interesting as I can. But as soon as you start listening, or if you've been listening now for the past 10 minutes, you'll say, well, yeah, I guess I can drift off. And he said, you have full permission to fall asleep at any time. Uh, but at the same time, you have, you're under no pressure or obligation to fall asleep. I'll be for the next 50 minutes. I'll be doing my best to be. Uh, you know, to, to tell uh, lulling, soothing tales or, you know, kind of observations I had about the shows and just keep you company. I guess that's the thing. It's kind of, you know, I'm a kind of, it's kind of like a bedtime story to fall asleep to or a friendly voice in the deep, dark night. So I'm glad you're here. You know, it, it takes a couple tries to see, you know, the people that really dislike me, they're already, you know, after minute two, they stopped listening and they're writing a review. 
or tweeting or emailing me. But that's good because then when they're done, they'll have some catharsis and then they'll find something to fall asleep. So, you know, I don't get a credit for that, those those ones. But, you know, I guess I didn't even think about giving myself credit, but now I'm going to. Uh, but that's it. And I don't understate this. It takes courage to test out stuff like this. You know, I'm just an odd man telling odd stories. And I appreciate you giving it a shot. I hope it can help you fall asleep. I yearn to help you fall asleep because I've been there uh, sleepless. And uh, so let's get on to the show. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there. You can come on our website. You can... Uh, Email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get me on Twitter at Dear Scooter or on Facebook. Uh, if you're listening to this and you can, you're, you're, you're getting spare a dollar or more and you get value out of the show, I really need you to think about uh, giving value back and supporting the show at at least a dollar a month at uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron over at our Patreon drive. Uh, over the next three months, I'm going to try to see if 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 we can get, uh, even if it's 10% of the people that just listen in the first few days, which will be a couple thousand people, more than a couple thousand. We need to about 3,000 more donors at a dollar a month uh, for me to kind of think about, geez, could I do this podcast part-time? Uh, so if you can think about that, just a dollar a month, if only 10% of the audience uh gives it a dollar a month, I, I could work on the podcast part-time, uh, but it'll take 10% of you to do it. So it, it's no pressure, and if you can't afford it, that's fine. But if you give value to show and you can think about it, I ask that you, you know, if you can think about it, if you remember to do it tomorrow, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. I want to thank uh, Chris Posty Posterson, who edited this episode and did the theme music. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our honor on our artwork. I want to thank Jonathan Mann on our lullabies. We have a Facebook group over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. I want to thank our moderators, Lie to Lie, Jennifer B., Rachel L to the G, Julie C., Laura and Alexandra. Uh, we have a subreddit over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash reddit, and I want to thank Latitude who runs the subreddit. And I think that's it. Let's get on to the show. Right, so I'm here to Entregar to deliver you a little story. Uh, it is said that uh, somewhere in my brain is the Herente, uh, Dihe, it is said, you know, uh, that somewhere in my brain is the Herente of Rabia, uh, the manager of rage. And I always say, why can't you be Menuda, a little petite? And the, the, they say, because of all the ladrones, of all the thieves of my uh, time and energy, you know, you're the one that Amar Leos makes the most mischief. But yours, and I said, well, maybe that's how we, and I said, hey, Herente Rabia, what if we instead become, you know, trickster ladrones, uh, thieves of making mischief? And the temper part of my brain said, I'm sorry, what? And I say, you know, here's a propina, here's a tip, a salita. We'll make a departure from our normal way of doing business. No trips to bodegas, to wineries or booze things. I'll keep us seguro. I'll keep us safe instead of you, rage manager. And we'll just go around Marlios making mischief. It'll be trascienda. It'll transcend, you know, our normal... And the only thing the uh, manager of Rage, believe it or not, this was confusing, said, can I have a maletine? They said, a briefcase? And I said, just one, a caba. And they said, what kind of briefcase are you going to have? And I said, magica, a magic briefcase. It sounds good. And the next thing I know, we were flying on the briefcase. And I said, where are we going, Rage manager? And he said, bravo, I'll tour us to the bra uh, cheering heights or something. And the, the rage manager tapped me. And I said, I better come up with a new name. That's what I said to myself, though. I said, I respecto. I respect you. And I said, whoa, 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 is it Esperar? You better wait till you get to know me. 
And we landed on this cloud. And I said, where are we going? And he said, the same place. Remember when you got your, named your pillows? I want to go get my own name. And I, I said, did you think that? He said, yeah, TN named me idea. That's my idea. And I said, uh, pasando del resto darte, give rest and we're going to get rest. And he shrugged. And he said, do you think the naming is it? He said, who names the pillows? I said, I can't remember. I think it's a giant pillow namer. I said, but I don't know if they name personality, parts of my personality. And he said, saben cuenta acercar. They know account approach. And I said, okay, we're in a dream world. And I said, bastante tome personal. Yeah, quite. They take it personal, their jobs. And he said, Pusirion. They put a name on me. And I said, I'm not sure, but I'll find you a name. Yeah, you don't want to be the rage manager anymore. You know, because we're just stealing goofs or whatever I said earlier. Uh, I said, you know what, let's skip over this part here. And Grand Jefe Estuvo El Digo Algo. And we'll go, was the big boss that said something about your name? And then I realized we were in a land of sleeping pillows. And I said, cosas en la gente, uh, things, people, people. Th-. I said, how do you recall, how do you speak to personified pillows in another world in a language you're not fluent in? Uh, Cosas en la gente, KBA, things people that saw. And then I heard absurdo, cosas una trampa. And they said, absurd things are a trap? Uh oh. Yeah, a trap for Rabia Herente. I'm, I'm making absurd traps for rage managers. And then suddenly a pillow jumped up. Now, this was a giant pillow, so obviously it wasn't for a human because it was a 10-foot pillow. And it said, Puedo que lo iba. I can that I was going. And I said, I'm sorry, where? And he said, Nobia oyendo. And I said, to a girlfriend hearing. I said, it's interesting because the last time I was in this world, I was asking my pillows how they procreated, and I didn't want to know an answer in case they were doing it in my bed. And it said, indigna sermon. Don't give me an unworthy sermon. And I said, well, if pillows are procreating, if pillows are copulating in my bed, I want to know about it because it's, you know, I just want to know, you know, because then I'll just, actually, I don't want to ever know. You're right. And I said, well, this is my uh, part of my brain here. This is the former uh, Rabia Herente, rage manager. And it said, uh, Alor Chicle. And I said, what kind of gum? And it, didn't, and it said, canela. I said, oh, cinnamon gum, of course. And it said, asado mucho mejor. And I said, I've never had roast cinnamon, but we're actually looking for a name for him. And he said, a lento. And a slow, okay, I slow down. I'm always trying to slow down. And uh, he, he said, be careful. And I said, are these the absurdo cosas una trampa? Because I thought I was in charge of the absurd traps. And he said, mujer, arroz con luce. And I said, a woman fights rice. Or did you say leche? And he said luche. And I said, a pillow woman? Like a, a, a pillow full of rice, a rice pillow? And he said, cubre, it covers. And I said, the rice or the pillow? I said, I'm confused. Are you talking in riddles? And I said, has la cuenta. And that is something that will trigger my internal Robbie. So I said, listen, we got to go, giant pillow. We'll find the name on our own. And he said, espera, espera, espera. Wait, wait, wait. And I said, the show? Wait, 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 won't tell me? And then everybody shrugged. I said, well, I guess I messed that name up. And I said, what day is it? Hueves ganar demasiado? 
uh, Thursday will win you a name, brain part. And then I said, what is a good name for a trickster, a former rage manager that's now a trickster hero in my brain? Maybe I'll just name you up here in the pillow fields. And I said, how about Factor Tanto Flacas? How about I call you Skinny Both? How about I call both of you uh, Skinny Bill? And that part of my brain, it just looked at me. And I said, you could say Bacchus Flacas Guardarlo. Keep it lean, yo. Skinny Bill, uh, keeping it lean. And I said, yo, Nunca, I never. And I said, well, no pasa nada. Nothing will happen. I said, let's let's keep that one, though. So I think Skinny Bill's your nickname. I said, I think it's time for us to lay some some absurdo, absurdo trampas, some absurd traps, right at the top of this uh, this thing here, the mejores. And he said, hicimos. We did. We're going to lay. And I said, yeah, we're going to lay some absurd traps right here. That's what we're going to do. Eficaz. It'll be effective. And then Wavo, I'll return later, and I'll figure out low, low usa, some uses for these uh, absurd traps. And the old skinny Bill, he said to me, he said, "Well, geez, it sounds like this uh, this whole place is a he goes is in this whole place a absurd trap." And I said, "Well, you can't say that out loud, though." And he said, "Cause it will." Uh, Otherwise, there, if, if everything's absurd, then Rick, we said, what's the requisition? You got to have absurd things mixed in. And I said, you know, because otherwise, some part of your brain will say, no, say, puesa pasar. You cannot pass, as Gandalf once said. And then the next thing I know, uh, Skinny Bill said, suerte. And I said, wish you luck? He said, yeah. I said, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to that Nobia Oyendo, the girlfriend hearing. And he said, oh, yeah, that does sound interesting. And so we went to this cloud courthouse and uh, I saw the sign. I said, buy a fumar un mano, smoking go hand. And I said, I don't know what that means. But we went into the courthouse and I didn't know what a girlfriend hearing even was. And I saw uh, un rato chauffeur, a driver, while, and I said, what is, I said, what is that? There's all these drivers. And then I was, in, and then I saw someone uh, banging a gavel. And they said, Demananda uh, compro. I bought tremendous. And I said, oh, this is going to be confusing. Next thing I know, I saw my abuelo, my grandfather. And he said, I said, what are you doing at girlfriend court? And he said, I don't know, Demoraba. I was delayed. And I said, well, where were you headed? Do you know, upwards or downwards? He said, I don't know. And I said, well, we're laying, we were laying absurd traps, and I think I got caught in one. He said, do you know where the girlfriend trials are? He said, hearings. And I, he said, you think you're going to, he goes, you think you'll be hurt? I said, no, I don't, I'm not I'm worried about my, this is a skinny bill, my, my new companion in, in absurdism and stuff like that. And skinny bill said, no me le monte labanto, I will not mount up. And I said, what the heck does that mean, skinny bill? And he said, una apunta caigo. At one point, falls, and I said, "I just did. I lose a point in the girlfriend hearing." And he said, "De la misma of the same." And then he went to the courthouse doors. He said, "Listo, muy listo," and he pushed into the courthouse. And then I reached after him, and then I heard the judge say, "Ala can say aga por favor." Uh, please don't reach after. And I said, "Well, this is Skinny Bill. I'm, 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 I'm going to speak on his behalf." And then everyone guessed, shrugged, and they said, well, what do you have to say on Skinny Bill's behalf? I said, well, is there, are, they, are we hearing about any girlfriends for Skinny Bill? Because now, Skinny Bill, you could say he's sin azucar. He's sugar-free nowadays. You know, he used to be a rabia manejando or a rabia something. And now, 
and for a while he would try to be camouflados, you know, camouflaged. But he has a crescent by hand. He's grown down from that to skinny bill. That's why skinny Billy doesn't need all that extra or all that irritation, you know, burned all the energy. And then Skinny Bill stood up in the middle of the courthouse. He said, yo soy el hombre. Uh, I am the man. And I said, whoa. And then he said, magna blomo, a lead sheath. And I said, Skinny Bill, that's too, that's inappropriate. And he said, well, cosa, cosas unirte. And he said, he said, things unite. And I said, no, 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 not right now, Skinny Bill. He said, are you talking about sex or something else? And he said, H.O. esta circulo compartir. I made this cycle for sharing. And I said, oh, boy. I said, this is going right. And then suddenly the judge said, sobrio seguiste. Sober you followed. Obscuro Alafondo, dark in the background or something. And I said, okay. I said, I'm with you now, maybe. I said, I'm just trying to get Skinny Bill a new job so he, so I'm not so temperamental. And the judge hit his thing. He said, so yes, his, no, hey, lo vista. His, I have not seen it. And then he pointed at me and he said, asuntos internos. And I, I said, my internal affairs? And he said, yeah, nada uh, tan buenas, not so good, bobos. And I said, really? I said, I don't have good goofing? And he said, uh, I said, well, I just want Skinny Bill to have a good home. I don't know if this is what this girlfriend trial is about. I'm sure Skinny Bill would make a great friend, though, to anyone. Could we start there? Maybe, and then they could, you know, I said, is there anyone else in here or just us? And the judge said, Acuerdo, we're in agreement. Fin de la historia, end of story. And I said, sweet. Uh, so next thing you know, uh, Skinny Bill uh, was escorted. I don't know where they escorted Skinny Bill. And then I said, then I couldn't find my grandpa, so then I went back outside. I was out of Spanish words, but I didn't feel like the story had to finish, so I was like, huh, where's Skinny Bill? And then I checked my absurdist traps, but I realized, I said, wait, I don't know how, I said, I'm, I said, wait a second, Skinny Bill's right, this was all an absurd trap. And so then I found a giant pillow, I said, giant pillow... I said, could you, could you, could you work with, uh, and then the giant pillow giggled. And then I saw, uh, holding the side of the giant pillows, like what it was, what I thought was a hip, what I think was an arm was Bill, skinny Bill. And I said, oh, so you two are in a relationship now. Uh, skinny Bill, the ang one of my angry brain parts. And a giant pillow we just met 10 minutes ago. Congratulations to the two of you. I'm so happy. You two are like a dream. Ideally, I'm in a dream, and you two are a dream couple. I couldn't think anything that would make me happier than seeing you two happy. And then I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to lie. Can I lie? And they said, no, no, no. And then they skipped off across the cloud pillow fields. And I said, well, this is a strange uh, untangling of events, but at least I don't have a Rabia uh, manager anymore, so that's nice. So good night. All right, so we're talking episode 40, Metastasis. It opens with Jose playing a video game. It's very blurry, and there's a detached look on his face. And oh, he's in front of a beautiful painting or tapestry on his wall. Uh, very butterfly wing, or moth, moth wing, black and white, I think I can remember. It was nice, especially for his place, but he's doing a remodel right now, so. Uh, then we're at the car wash, Cielo, 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 what is that? 
Cielo's talking like about foam to some of the employees. Walt's just standing there with his hands in his pockets. Then parking lot cameo donuts. Oh, so then they talked for a while about business and the car wash. Uh, Walt's frustrated by that, so he goes to the parking lot in the Camaro, Junior's Camaro. I think he was supposed to return it. He does donuts, like where you drive around in a circle. And then I was like, is this a parking lot or a, by a basketball court? Why is not anyone called, you know, to get him in trouble? And Walt even yells like, woo-woo, kind of. He's really making a mess. I really wanted to do a tisk 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 with his, you know, wheels on it. I said, somebody's got to clean this up, you know. And I don't know if you can clean it up. So, nice job. Then you get the car gets stuck on the curb because he's not that good of a bad driver, a bad boy. I said, you should, if you're going to be doing this, at least put your Heisenberg hat on. Holy mackerel, bro. Uh, but then Walt gets out of the car, leaves the keys in the car, grabs a piece of paper, says, it writes a note, goodbye car, I'm leaving you. Starts to walk away, some music plays, and he sits down and calls a taxi. Car goes away. Uh, then we have Walter and Saul at Saul's office. Walt's kicked back, his feet are up, he, he kind of looks sleepy. And Saul's talking a mile a minute. Uh, there's money in a bag. Then they're talking about Jose Miguel. Uh, then they're disagreeing about something. I couldn't figure out what it was. Then Ho Saul tries to talk Walt into something. Uh, next thing you know, we're at Ho Jose's house. He's painting his house. Now, he's painting it gray. And again, I don't like to tell people what to do. They said, because one time when I was a kid, I tried to get my parents to let me paint. There was a short period I had my own room. And I said, can I paint my room uh, dark colors like purple? I think I want to paint it like dark blue and gray. And they said, no, no, you're depressed and dark enough. You know, it'll just make you. And they, and they said, you know, that's not good for you. And, you know, you're not exactly the most uh, brightest, you know, ray of sunshine to begin with. And so that didn't happen, but so that's why I say, hey, hey, Jose, I don't know about gray, buddy. And he might say, well, geez, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe it's come back around. Uh, then we see Walt hanging out. He's watching something, hanging out watching. Is that what that says? Walt, H-A-N-G-G-O-U-T, hanging, hanging out watching uh, talking about Gustavo and the business. Oh, I guess he's just hanging out watching Jose work. Okay, that makes sense. And talking trash about Gustavo. So that took me a little while to unpack that one. Uh, then we have Walt. He's trying to win Jose back from Gus's grip. You know, this is now we're getting into some Shakespearean territory. And I said, this was my note. I said, well, why don't you try help, helping with, paint, with painting, bro? My, my writing didn't have that many stutters. But, and, you know, I said, come on, man. Do something. I said, you want to help somebody. You want to win them over. Do some work. But Walt just talks trash about Gustavo. And Walt seems to get all principled. Like, I have better principles. And Jose's like, really? Tell me. He goes, can you hold this brush? And Walt says, no, 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 I don't touch brushes. I'm allergic to latex paint. And Jose says, this is oil-based. And then Walt says, I got to go. Uh, then we have Maria visiting the car wash. She was in purple and navy. She's smelling air fresheners. Uh, she had purple earrings, very bright lips. Yes, I was looking at her lips. Yes, I was wondering, was it, well, Jesus, like, and then she was talking about, I could have swear she, she was pitching air, new air freshener, arroz con leche, uh, air freshener was what she pitched, I think. Then Walt rolls in with this big box of something, he tries to fake uh, that him and Cielo are still together, like a little kissy-poo. 
And then we see the bin goes in the office. We see it has soda and candy and then cash, tons of cash. And they're like, what? What? It's like a million. He says, Seal's like, wait, how much money? And he's like, yeah, it's like a mill something. And she's like, we got to launder. How much do we have to launder all together? He goes, oh, tons. This is nothing. And she's like, that's too much. We can't wash that many cars. Well, and then what well, cracks the soda? It was a half size. This was a keeper I wondered about. It was a half size. You know how they're doing those new half size sodas? They say, hey, half the addictive poison that I love. Oh, I love soda. Uh, Indy Cola. The cola that, that, that Scooter loves. Anyway, uh, he's drinking a half-size Indie, I-N-D-I-E, soda. It was a bubblegum pink can. So I was like, is that bubblegum-flavored soda? I don't know if I like that. But it also just, it brings up a conundrum. It's like, what other like, flavors would you make pink? I mean, maybe a, like a cherry Sprite if you want it to be a little more red. So it'd be bubblegum or cotton candy. Those are pretty much the only sodas, unless I'm missing something that could, would be pink, right? I mean, maybe a pink lemonade, but you would have something to play off the pink to, you know, let people know. And this this was like, yeah, because the pink lemonade is a slightly different color than a cotton candy bubblegum artificial flavor color. And this was definitely in the bubblegum you guys know what I'm talking about. Come on. Uh, so that's my question, I guess, uh, audience that's listening. Have you had a bubblegum-flavored soda? You know, feedback. Sleep, you know, uh, 1-800-INDY-COLA. Please, give me your feedback and what are their sodas. Uh, anyway, back at the lab, the camera's following Walt everywhere. Uh, every move they're waiting, they make their watch, and Walt's cooking in the oven Jose and Walter are talking about working with Gus and what to do. They're talking about quitting smoking or something. And we see Junior and Uncle Henry in a red Jeep. Uh, they get out. Uh, Henry is a walker, but he's, ta- he's still talking big. He's very happy to be out on the town with Junior. And we said, where are they going? They guess where they roll into? Los Pollos Hermanos. I was so happy about that. He put a double exclamation. And then it's like, oh, they're there for lunch and they're talking life and stuff. See or no. And then Gus says, hey, what's up, Henry? And he says, oh, Don Gustavo, me junior. And Henry makes a joke about uh, broccoli and cauliflower that cracks him up. Gus doesn't laugh. And then Gus goes, hey, can I get you guys some refills? And Henry is very responsible. He says, none for Junior, but I'll have some, you know, because you can't have, you can't let kids have two sodas. Yeah, Henry says, hell yeah, some, and then he goes, oh, yeah, can I have some evidence with that soda? Because he uh, giggles almost. And he goes, muy listo, and then he has this huge grin. Or maybe they charge for refills. He got one for free. Uh, after that, we have Mario and Jose in a car talking. Uh, we see a veggie plate in somebody's lap, but I think it's in Jose's lap. Because then they get out of the car, he's got the veggies. He's, it's on a real plate, like a real white uh, square plate made out of glass or whatever the hell plates are made out of. Ceramics. Uh, Mario checks his radio. Is They're having another meeting, obviously, because there's a vegetable plate. And Gus waits as they bring the veggies up, you know, says, this is, the, this is the symbol of my power. You know, I'm like the cruciferous vegetable of uh, meth, you know, meth manufacturers. And Mario and Jose are like, what the hell does that mean? And then they say, well, Jose, make some coffee for Mario. And, but Gus actually seems worried and a little bit distracted. And then Jose and Mario go down to meet their guest who shows up. He's in a purple, like, uh, this is the color, combination of these colors, purple, blue, and gray uh, sport coat. And it's made out of the same material. The only sport coat I own is a brown, and it's made out of this material. It's not a velvet or velour, but it's, like, soft like that. But actually, I wore it to a wedding, and someone said something to me. 
Uh, and I said, geez, this is the only, I think it was, I should have had a suit on. I wasn't, no, was I in the wedding? Maybe I was. But it was a guest. They said, well, that's, what do you, they said, you always show up with something. I said, this is just the only, I said, I'm not, I don't dress like this on purpose. This is a sport coat I have. I go, hey, don't you know I'm not emotionally equipped to make, you know, those kind of clothing purchases? Then they just, they said, yeah, yeah, it's you and your sport coat there. But so this guy had the same one. His was smoother, though, because it was like that purple, blue, and gray. But then he had like a graphic T-shirt under it and then like a golden brass chain. And then they sit down to talk. Gus makes some kind of offer from across the table. And the guy's very relaxed. He had very glassy eyes. But whatever his answer is, he's so calm uh, answering Gus. Uh, but he's very firm. And then he says, okay, I'll see you later. He goes downstairs. He goes to leave. He stares at Jose for a little bit longer than I said, well, that, what's up with that? Also, this was the first time I wrote this down. They said the actress playing Jose has very good bad, bad posture. That's good acting, just like Jesse did. Uh, so that was the first time I noted that. They became aware of it on a conscious level, I guess. Uh, then him and Mario went back in the car, Jose and Mario, and they're talking about some stuff. It was important enough for me to put two question marks, but not what they were talking about. Then Jose goes to like a meeting, a 12-step meeting, and he sees his own buddy who runs the meeting. And the, his buddy, the, the guy from rehab, is so happy to see Jose, you know. And then the meeting starts. There's a lot of new, all new faces, actually. And Jose shares something that's real intense as a tear rolls down his cheek. And then a woman says something to him. And I think I see this in some, some places you can't talk to people. They call that crosstalk. But this one, she talked, and I said, is that, I said, okay, well, that's the rules. And I think she was talking, and then they started talking about loss. And then Jose's talking more, more people are upset. And then the rehab guy tries to intervene, but Jose's kind of like, what's the point, man? And then he starts talking back to the guy, and he starts bragging about selling meth at meetings and playing everyone. And then church bells really start ringing, or I don't know if it was just symbolic. Uh, and Jose even says, Ya la ora. And the rehab guy is pissed. Uh, then we have Walt cleaning with Jose, and he's trying to talk to Jose in private. So he says, Hey, bring a flashlight over. Let's stick our heads in this bin uh, so we could talk. Uh, then we have Henry. Uh, who's got a cane now, and him Maria's helping him go to see old Fleece Vest Gomez. That's what I call him. He still has that same Fleece Vest on. And we all know people like that. It's like uh, once the Fleece Vest gets a hold of them, you know, they, they, my dad was like that for a while. He still might be like that. I don't know if they've looked into that. Like the Spider-Man uh, supposedly beat that Venom, but maybe the Fleece Vest is... Uh, because it does, it's like once it gets a hold of somebody, I mean, I tried it. I said, man, those must be great because some of these people, I guess it's mostly like uh, like 50-year-old men. But he said, well, I'm not taking it. I said, do you ever take that fleece vest off? And they said, they always pat me and they say, this thing's the best, man. Perfect temperature, core temperature. And I say, well, geez, uh, you know. I don't know how well, and I said, well, yeah, I don't need to look good. I'm old Fleece Fest Gomez, and my buddy Henry's here to see me, and he asked to be alone with him. And Maria says, okay, he could take you in, and they actually go meet with the boss, and they're talking about Guido Bermudez. And I also noticed that now Henry does not have a black fleece vest. He has this a super sweet shirt on and if I tell you what it looks like, you wouldn't believe how good it looks because it was a green shirt, uh, which usually is a warning sign. And then it had three types of dots on it, turquoise, oh wait, turquoise, navy, orange, and red, or orange, red, red or orange. And they were kind of like a geometric style dots, very cool dots, not all one size either. And the shirt was a beautiful material. 
I don't know what gabardine is, and I don't know that that shirt was gabardine, but I don't know if I've owned it. I can't own anything, you know, because I have so much trouble. I just put it all in the laundry together. And if it develops, it's like I have a couple of shirts that they, I said I've only washed them twice, and they developed wrinkles that I just can't get out. So I can't, you know, I can't deal with that stuff. Um, nice material, better than cotton for sure. They talk about commercial level HEPA filters and the number that was on the napkin at Guido's, who was a vegan. Why would he have that? They talk about Madrigal Industries and Los Polios Hermanos. They talk about fast food and chemicals. Uh, they uh, somehow link all that in Los Polios to Gustavo Cortez. And at first the boss is buying, he's like, that's too much conspiracy theory. And then Henry's like, oh, well, I got the uh, cup uh, refilled de gras. And he busts out the cup, and then Gomez likes this, and then the boss worries. And I'm pretty sure, but I'm not sure. That it was like in the fingerprints. We're with Guido, you know, Guido. And it's like, bomb, bomb, bomb. And the episode comes to a close. All right, so here we are. We're talking season four, episode seven of Breaking Bad. Uh, problem Dog. And episode was with Jesse playing a, a video game. Again, we have some camera work. The camera was on the controller somehow, his video game controller. I mean, I'm not good at figuring out how people do camera things anyway. It's kind of like magic. I'm just like, wow, it's cool. And if I start to think about how they did it, it takes me, you know, it takes me out of the disbelief and it also, you know, gives me a headache. So Jesse plays a little video game, a little FPS, and then the episode opens. And the car wash, the next scene is a car wash, and there's a song, I can't remember if it's called Falling in Love or Let's Have a Party. And I don't want to earworm anybody that's still up at two. I guess too late. I won't sing it. Uh, but I think it was either late, you know, 80s, early 90s, kind of pop. It feels like an 80s song to me. Uh, but it goes, let's have a party, falling in love. Uh, and then it goes, ooh, 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 yeah, uh, falling in love. At some point it goes, uh, you know, I think it's a woman singing. Her voice goes up and down. Uh, you'd know it if you heard it. but not, Well, not if you heard it from me, you'd say. Scooter singing woke me up. I don't know what he's singing. Or it would be sick, so I won't. But I thought that was cool that that was in the background. Uh, Skyler and Walter talking about returning the car. It's going to cost 800 bucks, uh, And they didn't even have to take it back. Skyler had to talk me into it. Walt's not happy about it. Even though Skyler's the one that did all the work, this is kind of becoming a habit in the red. Uh, you know, and Walt's complaining. You know, what do you mean it's going to cost? And then. Skyler says, you know, here's everything you need to talk to the general manager, Glenn. And don't tangle with Glenn, I think she says. Uh, and this is when Walt reminds me a bit of Larry David, you know, because that's the kind of thing uh, Cheryl would have said to Larry. Like, don't tangle with the car. You know, but instead, Larry decided he wanted to sell the cars. That was a great episode. Or was that a whole season? I can't remember. so good. Uh, you know, my friend Anne, she was in uh, a couple episodes of uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. She's going to be on uh, Silicon Valley this season. I posted about her play in New York. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but yeah, that reminded me of... So don't tangle with Glenn. Martine has been cleaning Walt's car. And Walt's really slow to tip him. He said, man, this is not making me sympathetic to Walt. Then we see Walt doing donuts. Uh, the song playing now is the pretender song, Boots of Chinese Plastic. And uh, Walt's, I guess, but Walt's driving around. He's mad. He's in the middle of nowhere. He's done triple donuts. Car gets stuck. Walt just throws the car away. He's such a bad boy. 
And then he calls the cab. He says, hey, I'm south of the airport, you know, with this uh, park and ride lot or commute lot for the university or the lab or something. And then when we get Saul on the phone, he's like, contrition, total contrition, mountains of contrition, fantastic. And he's like, oh, yeah, he goes, let's let's golf to the guy. You see, that's going to be good. And Saul fancies himself a good golfer because he's like, I'm going to hand your ass to you. And he gets off and Walt's there. Uh, Walt's like laying down in Saul's office and Saul's like, okay, destruction of property, but you own the property. So just trash burning. And ain't going to be free. Five grand, three, three grand to clean the blacktop of your freaking donuts. Uh, so bottom line, your little joyride cost you 52 grand. Was it worth it? And Walt's acting all cool and tough or playing cool and tough. Uh, he says, uh, I don't need to hear the blow by blow. Just tell me it's done. Uh, but Saul's no, he says, oh, sorry, did I wake you up? He goes, you know, I caught this before when it, he goes, this is where I don't understand Walt. And Saul's like, dude, this could have been, you know, you could have got a pee, you know. You know, you go into the system, he goes, your record's clean still. He goes, your wife won't find out. I worked to make you, you got to give me an attaboy or something. And he goes, rebel without a cause or something. Uh, then they, they take out some money because Walt wants some money. Then he talks about kind of third-party options around their employment. So I was like, uh, uh, Walt says, I need some amelioration. And so I was like, dude, killed it. This is the Soros talk, all right? And he's even like, let's not do an epic fail. And Saul's trying to get get Walt under control. He's like, "Well, man, you got to pull pull yourself together. You're, you're I, I don't get you, and your methods aren't going to help you. You got to you got to start thinking straight." Uh, then Walt rolls over to Jesse's house, and they're talking while Jesse's painting. He's using white paint, whereas gray paint in Colombia. They're talking about how close Jesse could be to. Uh, uh, Gus, are they becoming friends? Jesse said, well, I was at a diner. He showed up and, you know, he said he saw something in me, sees things in people. And Walt's like, are you kidding me? He goes, uh, he sees something in you. And then Walt tries the old, he goes, does he really think you're that naive? He can't, he can't think you're that naive, Jesse, because, you know, me and you know how, how bright you are and how, you know, me and you have a foundation of respect and, you know, social justice where he's totally not into that stuff. And, you know, he wouldn't think you're weak-willed, uh, which that was what would motivate Walt. But Jesse goes, drop to sales pitch. Don't worry about it. And we get a little tough Jesse, which I liked. Uh, then we have Marie doing, like, uh, material on... Uh, she's sniffing uh, air fresheners and doing material, like pina colada, more like stale bubble gum. You know, does anyone want their car to smell like the bottom of a kid's desk? And she does a little more. Then she talks about a grand opening, and then she said, how's Hank doing? Oh, she was also... She had double purple. She had a purple sweater, then a flower shirt. I think she had jeans or not purple pants. Uh, Walt rolls, and then Walt does a little car wash material with the clear coat. Uh, well, first, I think uh, Marie said orbital paste wax buff. I found that, I, I don't know, I, I found myself feeling flushed when she said that. And I said, I'm still confused about my feelings about Marie. Like, I feel like a prepubescent, like I almost felt like she was my teacher or something. I said, this isn't for I'm not supposed to be feeling these things when she says orbital paste wax buff, but I am. Uh, but then I said, okay. Then I then I said, I got to keep going with these notes. Then they go back in the office. You know, Walt does a fake kiss. And then he, she's like, this guy's like, how much money you got hidden in there? Well, it goes about 274 G's. 
uh, give or take. And it's too much money. Scabby's like, we can't possibly launder this money. And what goes, so it's more than you thought. And what takes it, he, he definitely has low self-esteem. Holy cow, because he does this handshake. He pauses, he does this handshake. And that's a bad thing, he says. And Scabby's like, no, Walt, you're, you're taking this and it hits your esteem. You know, we just can't launder that much money. She goes, this could take years. So he goes, set a set. He goes, figure it out. He goes, this is the division of labor, Skyler. And then Skyler's like, these are 50s? I don't know what I'm going to do about these 50s. And he goes, you're the one that stuck your nose in this, Skyler. I never asked you to get involved. He goes, I was under the impression you had it under control. And he goes, you know, all this stuff. And Skyler owns him. She says, I never wanted any of this. Uh, then we have Walt in the lab. He's cooking very carefully. Then talking to Jesse about Gus and Mike. Uh, I think back at Jesse's house, talking about their plans. Then we have Junior and Hank at Los Polios. They're talking about the car. And even Junior's like, why are we going in? Don't they have a drive through you know, but Hank's really working, you know, he, he's, he's become, he got over his minerales phase. They worked that out of his system. And they're like talking about the car, Bluetooth, and Hank's very suspicious, you know, his cop brain. He goes, so your dad just bought this thing out of the blue, brand new car. And then your mom turns, just turned back, he goes, huh, something doesn't make sense here. But of course... He's distracted, you know, by Gus. He goes, you know, I, I would have loved to drive that car for just 15 minutes anyway. But he goes, how's that? Would you guilt him into it? And the junior's like, yeah. And he goes, okay. Oh, poor little me. And then he says, you flew too close to the sun, my friend, which I loved. And then Gus would say, hey, you Agent Schrader, you guys need some refills? He goes, yeah, none for the kid, but I'll take one for sure. And I think he uses this line. He says, anytime he says, Hank, you look good. He goes, clean, live and vitamin pills. And he's like, you know, you're a hero. You shouldn't have to pay. And he goes, well, next time maybe. And he knows Junior. He says, how's your mom and dad? Good. And Junior's like, I love this chicken. I love it. And Gus is like, well, maybe you could work for me. You know, that would be hilarious. And I said, yes, that would be great. But then Hank gets his uh, his cup. You know, he gets his refill, then takes the cup for a little evidence, the old cup sneak. And then we have Mike and Jesse in a vegetable trainer car. And Mike says, we got big doings today. Order of the day is eyes open, mouth shut. And then we see the veggie tray. They're in the countryside. There's nice bug sounds. There's some chicken sounds. Jesse says, what's up to some of the guys? Uh, Gus's guys, but they don't take him very seriously. Gus is like, where's the veggie tray here? Thank goodness. Uh, he's in his suit. He's in the trailer, the trailer office. He's very specific about the veggie tray placement. So, you know, put it there, leave the wrapper on. Uh, and then Mike suggests he makes some coffee, and then they do a rundown of everything, you know, they have going. And Mike's like, Jesse, let me keep an eye on you. You know, you don't want you close to me. And he's like, what's the order? You know, they go outside. He says, what's the order of the day? He goes, eyes open, mouth shut. And then the SUV pulls up, and that actor, whose name I forgot to look up, but he's really good. He plays kind of the messenger. Mike watches him uh, get out. The guy frowns, and Mike goes, uh, you know, okay, are you gonna are you here to check up on things for, for the guys that are coming in? And the guy goes, I am the guy. Mike says, okay, then. And then they roll in uh, to Gus's. Uh, they talk in Spanish. Gus seems surprised. 
Uh, sorry, change page. Ghost seems surprised that no one else is coming. He makes a 50 million. He goes, yeah, let me give you my offer. Uh, 50 million, I you know you want absolute severance from your business. And the actor from the cartel, he kind of frowns and thinks. And Gus is like, yeah, you have no response to that 50 million, I said. Which was always bad to bid that high because then it'd be like, look, just give me 100. Uh, but then, you know, the beautiful Breaking Bad team, they're not done with, you know, you know, bringing us in deeper. And the guy says, yes or no, you know, see or no, see or no. And Gus like, what do you mean, see or no? And the guy goes, you know what you're talking about? You know what they want? Yes or no? And Gus is still trying to maintain control. He says, well, this is a hard way to begin a negotiation. And the guy goes, this is no negotiation. Uh, then we see Jesse, who's smoking outside. The guy from the cartel leaves. The guy kind of stares out the window. What does Daisy mean? In a little bit. The guy kind of stares out. I think this is Gus, though. The guy leaves. Gus kind of st oh, stumbles out of the trailer. And he seems like a do da dazed and a little bit afraid. And then he stares after the guy. The guy stares back. Uh, then Mike and Jesse... Oh, Mike moves Jesse further under his wing. You can tell. He said, you're my buddy now. Uh, but Jesse's not buying it. And Jesse's like, why does Gus want me? Mike says, loyalty, but you're loyal to the wrong person. Uh, Jesse stares out the window. Uh, then outside, oh, Jesse's outside of the meeting, uh, like an N.A. meeting, maybe. You know, I don't know. And the rehab guy's there. He's so happy to see Jesse because he hasn't been in a while. But then the guy kind of runs the meeting, and most people are listening. A lot of new faces. Jesse's just staring. And then it's like, Jesse, when's the last time you used He's like, four days. You know, it hasn't been great. And he's like, anything you want to talk about? And Jesse starts talking. People are interrupting him, which is called crosstalk. Uh, Colleen in particular. And then the guy's like, you know, we're not here to judge what other people say, Colleen. And then Jesse goes in this monologue. I mean, definitely like a Emmy-winning monologue by Aaron Paul. In his bedtime stuff, he says, what does this all mean? What's the point? And he just shocks him with this acting. Uh, then you got Walt and Jesse cleaning and scrubbing under the cameras. Walt wants some extra light to check some resin on the bottom. And then he goes, Jesse, what's going on? And Jesse goes, I haven't seen him. And then Walt says, okay, I'll give everything another shot down here. Uh, then we see Gomez with a uh, goatee. He checks his watch, and then Hank walks in on a cane with Marie in his arm. She's not wearing any purple. And then Hank kind of walks alone. Marie's like, Gomez, can you help him? He goes, no, 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 I got this, Marie. And then Hank starts right with the material. He goes, hey, look at that. Graduated the doorman. Love your whiskers. Would you show your barber a picture of a dog's ass and say, I'll take that? Hank's got some good lines. And, you know, he says, charming as usual. And then they actually have real, you know, this is, there's a loving moment between the three of them. And then, you know, Hank says, Marie, all right, Marie, hit the road. He goes, me and Gomi are going to go on. And next thing you know, they're in the boss's office. And they're talking about how happy they am. Again, Hank says, chalk it up to clean living and vitamin pills. And the boss is like, you know, Steve's GS14 now. And, you know, Hank makes a joke about that. A couple jokes. And he goes, better to you than me. Success for you, not me. And then Hank talks about this Tim Roberts, an APD detective, and uh, Gail, and trying to figure out. And he says, I looked at this uh, parts number on a chicken napkin. It's for the SEPA filter. You know, this guy's a meth cook. He goes, you know, this is a, a $300,000 HEPA filter. 
Can't find anybody that paid for it. The only thing it would be used on is a factory. Or, you know, and then this is Madrigal Electromotive. And he goes, you know, but they own Los Polios Hermanos. And Hank says, so I'm trying to figure out who would bankroll Gail Bedecker. And he goes, and I got this crazy idea, and I can't shake it. And he, he, he says in this rough whisper, but now I get this crazy idea, I can't shake it. I mean, I stay up nice staring at the ceiling trying to make sense of it. It's that napkin. And he's like, why would a vegan eat at a chicken restaurant? And then he points at Gus, and then he's like, well, I think Gus is behind this. He's Eisenberg. And the boss and Gomez, they stare at each other like, oh boy, too many, you know, Hank's in trouble. And they say, you know, you're really reaching, Hank, no offense. I mean, what are you going to arrest Colonel Sanders next? And then there's some great, great acting because he goes, oh, you know what, guys? He clears his throat. He says, I couldn't agree more. He goes, you know, Gus Fring, Blue Mask, the whole thing's off. And he starts putting up, putting his files away. He goes, I ought to be wearing a tinfoil hat. This is such a great, great misdirection the first time you see it. And he goes, except I can't seem to wrap my head around one thing, you know, this cup. I mean, he says it in a different way, but it has Gustavo Fring's fingerprints and so does Gail Bedecker's apartment. Bum, 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 and the episode ends.